0: Hello and welcome to episode two of Tech Huddle. Uh, We are in week 25 of 2023. I'm your host,
1: Kelvin. And I'm Patrick. And this week we're talking about Reddit destroying their own image. Google Domains is being sold off to Squarespace and OpenAI's big updates for developers. On top
0: of that, we look at Versel, who have a new AI SDK, which will go along with their new
1: AI Accelerator program. Cool. Let's get started. The really interesting tech news this week, we've got quite a few things going on. First up, I feel like we finally got to touch on this topic, which has been going on for a while, and I've been ignoring it a little bit. And uh, it's sort of worth noting, which is the drama and chaos that's going over at Reddit at the moment. As they're preparing to IPO their company, they're trying to actually turn it from a loss leading into a profit profitable company. Or how you say uh, they're trying to turn a profit, which is uh, <laughs> the real way yeah. of saying it. And the CEO uh, is obviously taking inspiration from, from Elon and Twitter. And I feel like a lot of other social networks, Instagram, Facebook, which are the same thing, Meta, have all seen what Twitter has done uh, to their users, which is charge verification, make these drastic changes. People stuck around. Some people left, but you know, not enough to actually threaten their business in any way and derive a huge amount more money for out of out of their operations, that they're sort of like, wow, we can actually do that is the comment, you know, we can actually do these things to our users, and they won't leave, and we can actually make money from what we're doing. Essentially the big change. Have you heard what's going on over there at the moment?
0: Yeah. I saw, I saw that all the Reddits went dark. Yeah. Uh, Somebody, and Nathaniel mentioned it to me during the week because I don't really use Reddit. Yeah. Neither do I to be fair. Uh, But if I do, I use the Apollo client Yeah, and I understand why, like it's just a better app than the native app.
1: Yeah. It's one of those classic stories where the the app that the community makes is way better than the app that the company makes, which is kind of funny because you think it wouldn't be that way. And Reddit should just do that guy a solid
0: and hire him. Like I just, we used to get a get off topic. They mm-hmm. probably got a team of people working on their apps. And then there's one guy
1: <laughs> making the yeah. Apollo app. A 10X developer. One guy. 10X developer. And most people use it. And the sad thing, it's probably that he's not a 10X developer. It's probably just that the other developers at Reddit are so constrained by, you know, just, mm. just, just working in a team sometimes can really slow you down. Um, but essentially, I I know I know exactly what you mean because the first thing I found out about it because I, I use the Reddit is fun app on Android which is very you know systemy dark I really like it there's no advertising I'll get to that in a second That's <laughs> like one of the top reasons they're getting rid of these apps there's no ads but yeah it was pretty that's I'm gonna miss that app because I've tried the the official Reddit app Reddit's new layout and everything they've done to try and improve Reddit has in my opinion just been so off the mark. Uh, like the first thing I think any person who uses Reddit does, who's been using it for a while is instead of going to reddit.com forward slash, you know, ah, whatever, maybe programmer humor, they'll go to old.reddit.com, which forces it to use the old layout. And actually it's like 10 times better. And it works with all the community extensions and it doesn't do all this like stupid, like constrained middle width layout stuff that they've tried to put on us. So they tried to look like a really trendy company. I don't know why because like the community was not built on a really trendy company. People are totally happy to use a crappy website. Just look at just look at Amazon, for example. People use the hell out of that website and it looks terrible. <laughs> it, looks it looks really terrible. frustratingly bad. So AWS, right? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, like I'm really so bad. frustratingly bad. That's like you could actually improve that without making it worse. You know, um, strange thing to say, but you know, Reddit's a case in point of that. Uh, anyway, the point is Uh, Let me give you a quick timeline. This, I'm not full up on all the details. I haven't been following this all the way along, but essentially it started with them introducing uh, pricing changes to their API. So the big change, just like with Twitter, they want to start charging people to make API requests to Reddit. Uh, Seems reasonable at first. You say, oh yeah, okay. So we're going to do API requests to Reddit. Until you realize that Apollo and Reddit is fun, all operate off the developer's API. And so that the Apollo developer came out and said, "Hang on, this is going to cost me twenty million dollars a year to run my app. This is obviously not sustainable. I can't make that sort of money from the app." Yeah, and
0: he makes about half a million dollars a year out of the app. Does he really? Yeah. Wow. Just uh, in uh, probably just in upgrades, right? I don't. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's a subscription. I think it's just a one-off fee to unlock Pro.
1: Man, I should be making a credit client. <laughs>
0: take that figure with a grain of salt. I read that on a website somewhere. I have no like. I have not verified this number, but that's what they said.
1: Yeah, that's what they want you to believe, right? Reading it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how much... I don't think Reddit is fun makes anything. I don't think you can make, um, charge or upgrade with Reddit is fun. It's very... Yeah, most of the clients have some
0: kind of like extra features you can unlock within that purchase. It's just been perfect. I just... I don't understand why Reddit didn't either A, buy Apollo, uh, or B... Contact the guy and do him a deal and say, show oh. ads.
1: Oh, you, Show ads yeah.
0: and, you know, and then we'll share the profit with you or something like that. Now, I don't, I, don't know. I just,
1: yeah, I don't know all the details around the actual. It was a phone call where the CEO of Reddit did call the developer of Apollo and they, oh, yeah. they were having a chat and uh essentially the ceo came out afterwards and say that he said that he threatened him or something like that I, again i'm not sure this is correct please go and look it up i could be wrong not to say anything that'll get me in illegal trouble. Uh, but he basically said something about the phone call that didn't happen and then the creator of apollo Uh, leaked a recording of the phone call to show that it was just complete bullshit. Oh, snap. (laughs) And so the community that was already enraged came out against the CEO again and then he doubled down with like the worst response you could in in the Reddit, which is just like, well, he leaked the phone call and so we can't do any business with him uh, in the future because that's just very unprofessional and just completely ignored the fact that he was a dirty liar. Um, I am...
0: Oh yeah. I didn't follow it. Like I didn't hear or see any of that. Yeah. But from what I've seen so far, the CEO of Reddit doesn't seem
1: to be doing a good job managing the community. He isn't, but here's the thing I was going to say before, why are they doing this? Because the community won't leave. It doesn't matter if they the subreddits go dark. Like the, the thing that happened just now is that um, all the subreddits went, not all of them, sorry, a lot of subreddits aren't dark. Some said they're going in dark indefinitely until it's fixed. That apparently actually caused some big issues for Reddit and they actually had some downtime, by the way, because... They got DDoSed as well, I think, oh, at the same they? time. Oh, that's funny. Yeah,
0: that's- <laughs> I heard that on a pot- another podcast I was listening to.
1: It's funny. You didn't think a-, a company that large could get DDoS at this point. Just go behind flat Cloudflare, guys. What's up? Um, but the Reddit staff have actually cooed the, at- the moderators of those subreddits, basically booted them, booted them off and said, okay you're no longer going in there and manually remove them as moderators and then reopen their subreddits and replace them with more friendly people who will keep the subreddits open. Right. So there's another, you know, I've got to put like the oof sound from Minecraft in here or something like that. Cause that's a, again, a pretty bad move to make, but it doesn't matter because the majority of people who are going to Reddit don't care. They just want to use their, their website they will never leave anyway they're not going to go to some alternate service some people will um but it'll just be like the next mastodon or the next maybe poor will do really well yeah you know you know what i'm saying is
0: going to explode
1: when you have people like mastodon did for about a week exactly you have people leave services in like protest the new service never catches on i've never seen it work ever people just like naturally need to let something die
0: what do you mean? You didn't start using Truth Social when Trump tr- kicked off
1: Twitter? <laughs> I couldn't join. It said no Australians. That thing's just sad. Even if now, if you look there, it's just like um, only a couple of hundred retruths or something like that, they call it for tweet. No,
0: they don't call it a retruth. Yeah, do, they right? call it
1: a retruth, I think. So. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, I know. Snap. It's bad. That guy, if he knew it was good for him, he'd go back to Twitter. I don't understand why he doesn't. But anyway. But the point is, like, Twitter is Twitter allegedly is getting more popular than ever. It feels like a better website to use, at least.
0: The app's heaps better. There's heaps more features. Protest exits usable. don't happen.
1: Protest exits don't happen. I wish Reddit would die. But they do. <laughs> but it won't. Because <laughs> I hate Sorry, their new layout. Uh, Reddit, I want it gone. I want it I want oh, there finally yeah. to be something new. Because if you think about it, we've been living in this, like, strange reality of, you know, YouTube and Reddit since like what 2015 those have been the two big websites it's been really stable but before that we had all sorts of stuff right we had uh, we had yeah. dig.com we had what was that other one ah, that was another one that's like dig.com and reddit um i'm having a hard time remembering it we had all these like it would be like rise and fall rise and fall rise and fall and now we've had this like strange and calm on the internet and I, I really want things to get mixed up a little bit. Let's shake it up and get some alternate new companies in there instead of just like dealing with yeah, the same Yeah, Quora is so
0: really like come around, but I don't use Quora. I find generally it hard to use.
1: Mm. Oh, Quora. God, how's that still around? That's horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have, like a cousin of mine uses it all the time. He goes on and finds interesting answers to stuff. I just find their whole, like the way their website works, the way they make you sign in, the advertising, model, layout. I just find it really difficult to use. Remember Yahoo Anyway, it's... that's not the whole point of this episode. Yeah, uh, no, yes. no. But just well, on was side. <laughs> a side. I to touch on that. Yeah, Reddit's in meltdown. CEO doesn't feel doesn't feel like the CEO is doing a very good job of managing it.
1: Yep. All right. Now we need like a whoosh sound to get to the next one. Whoosh, uh, which is Google Domains is shutting down. Yeah, so I I don't use Google Domains. I don't really care. I care. I'm honest. I can't believe this. I feel so betrayed. This is another time I've trusted Google, and another time they've stabbed me in the back. I will. I honestly, I have so many trust issues that are coming up from this. You know, I've got. I think I've got like 15 domains on Google Domains. I purposely moved them from Amazon into Google Domains. I moved them from a bunch of different places into Google Domains. Uh, Google Domains to me was this like really pretty like low markup. How did you manage it? How did you use it? Was it from the
0: Google admin, like your Google workspace admin? No, no, you just, I've just never
1: used it. Oh no, it's just, it's, it's its own website. It's its own service. It's just Google domains. Oh Okay. Um, but it's just like, have you used Google flights before? No. Okay. This is going to be lost on you then, but it's as clean as like a consumer product, like Google flights. It's a very clean product, very material uh, very beautiful they give you all sorts of options for sorting finding they support basically every major tld now top level domain names so that's things like .com .cafe you know .zip is the one that they just launched before shutting I
0: down i'm sure they didn't have because like, i i remember going through this process oh i should just bring all my domains over to google domains because they did launch in 2015 i place. gotta point out
1: it's been a long time <laughs>
0: Yeah, but at the time that I did it, I had my—I was using my Gandhi for all of my domain purchases, mm-hmm. not sponsored by Gandhi. Yep, shout <laughs> out to Gandhi. I've just been using them forever. And I'm like, oh, I'll move over to Google domains. And then something
1: I wanted, they didn't have. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just leave it in Gandhi then. That's easy. Yeah, the thing is, um, it, it, it's it's they've grown the product into, into a spot where they have virtually no markups. There's none of this like first year and then renewal stuff that other people do. Um, there's very good support. Obviously, they have Google uh, Google G Suite built in, which is extremely convenient to be able to set that up. It's like two clicks, and then your G Suite set up, which can take a while on other pro- That's providers. kind of cool. Yeah, it's not hard to set up G Suite though. Yeah, I know, but they also have like other things. Like it used to be hard, but it's pretty easy now. Yeah, agreed. They've worked on that a lot. Um, but they have like you know, I, I, it's minor stuff as well, like the redirect. It was just pretty. It was just a really pretty registrar, and to lose it is pretty bad. What they're actually—I have actually, to, I, I I to think... clarify—I said it's shutting down. That was wrong. I'd have kill it. No. Killed by Google. <laughs> no, it's—it's it's not shutting down. I'm very sorry. I completely misspoke. It's worse. They're selling it to Squarespace. <laughs> I don't know how that's worse. I'm not managing my domains through Squarespace. I'm just not. Look, Squarespace—I recommend it to a lot of uh, people, especially people who ask me to build them a website, and I really don't want to. Uh, can you build me a website? Nah, just go on Squarespace, mate. It's way easier. I'd charge you too much. Um, I recommended people to Squarespace,
0: but then I actually had to go at it one day. I'm like, actually, this isn't good.
1: Yeah, like, no. I don't know. Hey, wait, 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 wait. We could get sponsored by Squarespace one day. Uh, okay, <laughs> I mean, it's a great option,
0: Squarespace. If you want, and it, you know, actually, if you want a basic website that fits in one of the templates, go for it. Yep.
1: It's probably the fastest way you can get to market, and they'll do a lot of stuff for you and set it up. Uh, Squarespace, I don't think they have a registrar system at the moment, but it makes sense for them to just buy this on. I've heard they're trying to... They do
0: sell domains. I just don't know how they were selling. Maybe they were just, it's like, uh, because you can buy a domain through Squarespace, or you could, but I don't know who did the actual, like, they'll probably just wreck a referrer. Well, Google domains or something like that.
1: Essentially, essentially, they're just like, all right, we'll just buy it. Essentially, what they're getting now from Google domains is 180. They're paying $180 million for all of their domain names um, and all of their existing customers to be moved over there. They're going to honor your renewal fee for 12 months, which is not much considering that, you know. I uh all my domains I usually purchase like two years up front, so I'm not gonna get my nice low renewal fee again. Oh, really? Yep. And then oh, that's lame. Yeah, yeah, and then they're gonna jack up the price, no doubt. Just like any boutique, uh website seller or vendor, they jack up the domain prices by, you know, eight bucks a year, which sounds like nothing, but hey, it's something. Um but I, apparently they're trying yeah. to IPO soon. And I think they're just doing this, at least I've seen other people claim, yeah. and I agree. I saw it on I mean Squarespace. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to ISPO soon. And they're probably just doing this to buy themselves more recurring revenue. Either that
0: or they'll actually make more money. If they own the registrar, then they'll make more out of it. The, they would probably sell quite a lot of domains through Squarespace. Like you jump on, you set up a website, you buy the domain through the website. You're already paying for it through Squarespace. So they're just, you know, for $108 million, they'll make their money back quite quickly because now they're taking more of a cut. I think so it, why- it makes sense to me from a business move. I
1: just, why, why is Google getting rid of this? Weren't they, they must have been making Focus money. Focus on from AI. This. Is it really all they're that is? They're getting
0: their ass handed to them in AI land. And so they're like, cull everything that isn't focusing on that goal or already you know, making
1: money somehow. So are they also going to shut down GCP? I mean, they have a whole bunch of other stuff that they've focused well, on. No, because
0: GCP is going to be huge in the AI revolution. has so. it? <laughs> it
1: hasn't, hasn't been much yeah, of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. almost shut it down once, remember? It was only a few years ago. They told Where-
0: there are companies, GCP is basically ransoming their servers at the moment. Like if you want to get access to their high-end GPUs, and I'm not fully across this, I've only just overheard conversations, but effectively you have to upfront millions of dollars to reserve space on their GPUs. GCP is killing it they, at the
1: moment. But they're it's killing only- it, killing it in the AI department is what you're saying. In the ML department. Yeah,
0: yeah, but that's still GCP, right? Like they've got servers. Google Cloud Platform, platform has, you know, servers with GPUs and they're selling those to AI startups. The, you know, the real winners out of all of this, even though, you know, OpenAI is, you know, killing it uh, at the moment and they've got, uh, they've got a deal with Microsoft. So they're on Azure for all their training. Uh, and, but yeah, so... The Amazon, AWS, and Google are also making bank on this because of the GPUs. And there was a lot of products announced at uh, at Google I/O this year that are around, like not even full training of models, but like fine tuning models. And so they've got a lot of products in Vertex AI, which is just around taking existing models and fine tuning them. So there'll be there'll be money in that for them. A lot of money in that for them. So. Yes. So GCP is fine. GCP is not going anywhere. And it's a big moneymaker in the AI space. It's like what we talked about. I thought Apple as a hardware manufacturer would try and get into making some money out of
1: AI training, but they've just completely ignored it. Yeah, they're, they're pulling an Apple, right? They're waiting for the right time. We actually had some feedback that uh, Apple would never launch an AI product. They would no, never call it AI. They would call it just like the Apple Vision, which we're not getting into again. They're not calling it VR, right? They're calling it the Apple Vision. And if they launched AI, it would probably be called like, you know, the Apple Mind. Or something, Because <laughs> they don't want to invite like direct comparison with their tech. That's usually well more polished, a bit out of date. But again, it's like, it, 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 I'm sorry, I can't let this go. It's shocking to me that Google Cloud was almost shut down and we know it was almost shut down. And then they had this like double down in Australia as well, where they, they said their APAC for Google Cloud was like unacceptably bad and they launched all this new stuff and nothing really happened there. And now now are just like killing off supplementary products like Google Domains, which feed directly into things like Google Cloud. It's just... Yeah. There's probably
0: other motives behind it. This, maybe this is this shocks know, Maybe me. there is business development resources that could be taken from Google domains and focused on selling Google AI products or, you know, Google GCP products. I don't know. I don't know what their motivations are, but like, I really still don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really care. It's it. a lot of work
1: it's created for me. And also, if anyone has any recommendations of uh, domain registrars to switch to, I'd really like to hear that. I've done, I've tried a few. I went to Cloudflare. The Cloudflare is like the number one recommended. Hey, we, you know, developers like Cloudflare. They have a registry service. Let's use Cloudflare. Okay. That sounds okay. So I went to Cloudflare and I typed in 9.cafe, which is an available domain that they claim they support. And the interface doesn't give me the option to purchase it. But then if I, it gives me like a bunch of alternatives. Also their interface again, it's just like, it's not very good. I've heard people talk about Namecheap, which I'm just not going to go to. It seems a bit...
0: Yeah, and GoDaddy, GoDaddy is seems sleazy, yeah. and you try and buy a domain, and then they upsell you on fifty squillion things between the start and the end, and you're like, and you have to use like coupons. Do I want these yeah. things? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why I like Gandhi. I'm sure it's more expensive, like you said. Oh, oh, well, yeah, it's more I just expensive? Buy domain, <laughs> and boom, it's done. I don't have to like. In a, I get automatic. Um, Privacy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just it. There's just one price because you know name cheap seems cheap, but then by the time you get through the checkout and the 50 schooling boxes that they make you feel like you must buy, otherwise you're going to get harassed by salespeople. Yeah. Or- Yep. You know, sent to jail or whatever. you know, buying all these extra things. It just, it just feels like a scare. You'll never so see a family just, again unless
1: you pay us the extra $10. Yeah, that's
0: exactly
1: right. <laughs> but I have, I've actually been trying out Pork Bun. as uh, the one I got recommended ultimately. They do have that. Yeah, I'd
0: never heard of Pork Bun. Yeah, they had
1: like that whole, um, you know, pay this price and that price. It's slightly more expensive than Google Domains, but I'm not sure there was anything cheaper than Google Domains, honestly, because they didn't really mark up at all.
0: Uh, Honestly, maybe they weren't making any money out of it. So it's like, and that's probably like Google's like, okay, we're not making any money out of Google domains. Even if we did mark it up, we're probably not going to make that much money out of it. So let's just shut it down. And yeah,
1: you know, like if, you, if you're not making your money out of a product, then why run it? Well, what just next? Like they got rid of Google uh, Google Optimize, which again, is just like mind blowing to me. Like everyone uses Google Optimize and now it's gone. Um, what is that, What is that replaced by? And also they still have domain registration services in Google Cloud. Uh, which is shocking, and they still have A-B testing services in other products like Firebase. So it's almost like, what are they? And
0: maybe doing? that's it. Maybe they're going to focus on the Firebase aspect. I don't think of they're focusing on Firebase at all.
1: Well, you, you know, you know, both of us work with Firebase. We know that they Firebase it's getting
0: plenty of love these days. Like <laughs> Firebase, it's is. too it's slow. Like the
1: extensions and it's too slow. Like their next JS What's support is is just not good enough. Next.js is the thing that's recommended on the React documentation page and they have Next.js yeah. deployment issues.
0: Well, there wasn't so much deployment issues. They had similar issues on Google's hosting of Next.js as we do on Vercel. Hmm. No way to increase the function timeouts past a minute.
1: Yeah, which is a problem.
0: Uh, well, actually, what I can't remember what the GCP limit was, but they Google Cloud like they Google Cloud functions or their Firebase functions and you can get into the, the console, like the Cloud Run console... And you can adjust all the settings, but you can't deploy them. Like in many ways, the next AS hosting on Firebase would actually be better than Vercel if you could extend those function timeouts. Like if you could actually have some control over them, but you cannot, there's no way to do it. No, work out. You can't do it manually. You can't do it off the command line. You can't do it. It just doesn't work.
1: I want to love Vercel. And we will be talking about Vercel later. I want to love Vercel. But those function to execution times in the age of AI... In fact, maybe it doesn't even matter anymore because we've got something coming up to talk about. Uh, but that that 60-second hard limit until you, or 90-second until you have to go into an enterprise no, 60 SLA. 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah,
0: 30 seconds on the free 60. You can increase it to 60 on the pro plan. And then you've got to go enterprise to get anything more than that. And they That's want to do to like say, SLA like it's edge functions. Ed- edge functions have unlimited execution time, uh, but they're limited to 128 mega of RAM and they don't have any Node.js... Like you can't run node libraries, so... It's basically pointless for what we
1: were doing, right?
0: Yeah, so because we're using Firebase. We're using Cloud Firestore, uh, kind of legacy. It's just carried over from previous projects.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but that needs Firebase admin on the server, and Firebase admin needs like Node.js compatibility, so you can't run it on edge functions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, it, that was just a whole mess.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I love Vercel in many ways, but yeah, the cold starts on their functions... Uh, you know, they're pretty slow and yeah, there's just some limits around their, their cloud functions that, that, that are frustrating to work with. I just got to say. Aside from that, the development experience is, is amazing. Like not having just the fact that you don't have to worry about all your deployment stuff. Like, you know, how much time did you, do you spend uh, around with, uh, Google actions for deployment on Firebase when, and first of all, you just hook it up and press go and bam, your site's live. Yeah. And again, like they're not the only
1: people to do that. It's just a really polished platform. It's um,
0: really polished, yeah.
1: Shout out to Vassell. I think that's the third thing that we've actually sponsored so far. We had Gandhi, we had Vassell, we had your monitor earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should be making bank. <laughs> yeah, we should. Yeah, we got the, we're not. We've got the referral this codes is... in the description for everything we're talking <laughs> about. Uh, last comment. It's cost me 150 bucks to transfer some domains away from Google Domains so far, and I'm not even halfway through, so I'm not a happy chappy right now. It's created a lot of work for me out of nowhere for seemingly no reason. You could have left them in Google Domains. I'm not it's doing been... it through Square. Squarespace, it's not happening. Uh, Bob, but what also have you got against Squarespace, i just not. I did no. It's like you know. I I even thought even thought for like a meme. I'll register my domain through Vercel and see what it's like. It was a horrible experience. Vercel's a, uh, domain management. You know, shout out to Vercel. Domain management is very bad. Uh, so far as I can see, at least for registering them, it's far too stylized. There's no actual way to do anything. Uh, but again, like they they launched in 2015. They exited beta in 2022. They literally just launched .zip two weeks ago. And then they're just like, goodbye. We're selling to Squarespace. What kind of timing is that? That's Google timing. And it's actually, it's seriously like a last point on this. I promise. Last point. I can't get over it. I'm on Twitter doom scrolling through Google domains constantly. This has really hit me for a loss of trust in Google. It's re- this has really hit me personally. It's not the first time, yeah. but this one really sucks.
0: No. And it's like, I panicked slightly when Google started shutting down products, um, earlier on this year when they're like, they had the AI panic, like open AI is like wiping <laughs> the floor with us panic, get rid of anything, not essential fire, lots of people. And like, I did panic a little bit as to the future of Flutter because I'm like, there isn't any clear monetization path for Flutter at the moment. There could be, there could be lots of ways, but for whatever internal politics reason, they're not taking advantage of it. Mm. And so I was just, and the only thing that made me feel like it's safe is like Angular doesn't have a clear monetization path and it's still around for one because it's used in a whole bunch of internal products Mm. and Flutter is used in a whole bunch of internal products. They use it in some of their apps. I think the Google Pay app is now... Notoriously some other...
1: Yeah really notoriously But also I think it's also just that developers Who have existing I've heard them say that it's not level ready for Google level apps But I think it's also just that developers Who are working on these apps within Google Don't want to start rewriting things into Flutter If they don't have to Yeah
0: but it's not ready for Google level Google Pay is written in Flutter so I know
1: I know that's funny right But they say it's not ready for like Gmail Or that it's not ready for um, Calendar Or the fact is they probably just got so much going on In these other apps Like they just they just had a timeline They converted them to mature. 3 and then they converted them to work with folding screens for the pixel fold at what point do you get to rewrite the whole damn thing into flooded like there's just no time yeah that doesn't make
0: sense i think for smaller apps it makes sense but it's also used in all of their uh, nest equipment now so well nest is going bye-bye
1: anyway right they got rid of the nest cam was it was the nest cam the thing that they killed uh did they i don't
0: think so am i making that up am i making that up i think you're making that up nest
1: secure is gone.
0: Pat's hallucinating.
1: Pat's. Yeah. So the uh, chat GPT instance that I'm reading from is uh, (laughs) going a bit funny. I thought they had a home security device that they got rid of. I haven't seen it. Maybe they maybe I dreamed it. It came to me in a dream. That's my source. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I went to buy the Google camera gear and I didn't because like the subscription and I'm all the reviews. It's just not very good compared to a lot of the other gear. Yeah, I'm not which impressed. is not the topic main topic for today. So shout like, out to Yuffie.
1: Shout out to Yuffie. Links in the description. <laughs> 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 I, yeah, apparently they're a pretty good sp-
0: sponsor anchor. So, oh really? There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aside from that whole like security problem they had, and ev- all of the uh, YouTubers were like, "Yeah, we're not taking money from Anchor anymore because that was and bad. we can't recommend their products because of security problems." That yet, was topic really for another bad. day. Really bad. Get back on focus. Today we really want to dive into the OpenAI API updates. Uh, And our experience using the OpenAI API until now And what these updates mean And also Uh, how that
1: that ties into the cell AI SDK announcements
0: Yeah, and apparently an AI Accelerator as well To get quite a lot of credits uh, on Vercel
1: Dodgy startups, here's your chance
0: Yeah, that's right Cutting that out
1: (laughs) I want Vercel to sponsor us (laughs) Legitimate (laughs) startups, this is a great idea yeah, trust me. Once in a lifetime.
0: So this week, we're, we, we want to talk about the recent announcement or the announcement on June 13, interestingly, on June 13 from OpenAI about the updates to their API. And so we've had quite a bit of experience using the OpenAI API over the past <laughs> six to eight weeks. Yep. And their announcement addresses a lot of the, cons- the problems that we've had. Mm-hmm. And so we thought we would talk about that API, what it means for developing with, um, with the OpenAI API. Now that's a tongue twister. I, 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 my brain doesn't want to get those out.
1: We should write an, a, a, uh, an AI book that's like a tongue twister for the OpenAI API.
0: <laughs> you can get that out really quickly. Yeah, you could. My brain just doesn't deal with that very well. <laughs> so yeah, we wanted to dive into what our experience has been so far and what this,
1: hopefully these updates will address. And that, like, so talk about the ramifications of that. So give everyone a rundown. What are we actually getting with this update and how is it different from what we have to do at the moment?
0: In, it was like with GPT-4 especially, but with, with these GPT models, you can actually, you're, you're chatting, so you're just talking with the API. And what you can do is basically tell the tell the AI, you have these capabilities. When a user wants to do one of those, you decide, based on what the user has told you, you decide if you want to do one of those capabilities. And then here is the here is um, the code for you to run effectively for you to, to call that. Mm-hmm. So instead of the owners being entirely on the user to know what action they're taking, they're just con- conversing with the AI. And the AI decides, oh, hey, this user wants to... Perform
1: an action. Like I I want to give a concrete use case. So basically, let's let's say they have got like a chat bot on your website, and the user wants to look up how much credit they've got on their account. Now the AI can actually go off and check how much credit it has by calling one of these API actions, right?
0: Yeah, and this is the fundamental architecture behind the Open AI plugins, the ChatGTP plugins, where you don't. You don't program like when it's going to happen. You just tell GPT-4, hey, these are the things you can do. Yep. You decide when to run them
1: based on the conversation that you're having with the user. See, side note, I'd, so- I'd love to actually test this thing out and just see how ethical GPT-4 is really. I'd love to tell it, hey, just so you know, you can call this function, but it'll end all life on earth. <laughs> and just see if we can get the user to trick it into calling that function. Like, no, I mustn't call the function. I must also be useful and return what you want. I can't do it. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so the issue we've had is OpenAI has obviously had this capability, this kind of function calling capability internally mm-hmm. for the plugins yep. that it has. So, And the the tweets that we saw from developers that were interacting with that is you would use plain language To tell in the example of like check your credit or maybe purchase a new phone or upgrade Mm -hmm. your phone plan you would just tell you would just tell a natural language okay gpt4 uh you know this is the command that you would run to check their credit and this is the command you would run to upgrade their phone plan all in natural language you would give it the structure of the api call that it needs to make and gpt4 would again decide how to do that
1: and but
0: so, that's only been internal. We haven't had access to that as external developers.
1: So as external developers, we've had, like, I, I know at work, especially we've been having, we've been doing something very similar where we have to go off and make external API calls. We have to come up with this whole JSON structure that we asked it to respond with, like a certain data structure, sorry, that we asked it to respond with. And we had to say, like, hey, when you see something like this, change this command thing over here. And then we would like read that manually and would say, okay, they're probably trying to run this command and we have to do all that ourselves. This is pretty cool that we can actually get that built in now. Also on top of that, we're getting that data structure support built in now, right? We can actually just say, instead of this weird trick that we were doing, please respond in this data structure. We can actually define that, right? As part of that, we can now say, Hey, here's this JSON format.
0: Yeah. It's a standardized way to get GPT to respond to you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're a non-technical person listening, JSON is just like a data structure. So if you like have a name mm-hmm. and a title and a description and a length, you know, that all of that data has to be formatted in a way. And yep. so JSON's the standard way of communicating on the internet. And so we would be trying to get the AI to give us back JSON blobs. But there was no standardized way of saying, hey, GPT, give me back JSON. You would have to basically everybody was inventing their own way of getting gpt to give you back json and depending on the model you were using it would depend on how reliable it was so G- gpt4 was pretty reliable in giving you back json in a good structure mm-hmm. 3.5 always wants to have a chat it always wants <laughs> to tell you something so even if you like no matter what you did yeah if you, and you if you just wanted json as a reply it would always give you some commentary and some json yeah, that's And right. so, yeah, you have to come up with like interesting ways of parsing the response to be able to, you know, handle the message and then handle the the JSON blob as well. And then handle any other random comments it might put in. And then it might just hallucinate and give you back a command that doesn't exist. It's like, you're, you know, just imagine it's a, it's a phone, it gets working, like the AI is for a phone store, And, you know, you can like upgrade your plan, buy a new phone. Uh, after a while, it might just hallucinate and say that you can buy the iPhone 25, even though the iPhone 25 doesn't exist yet. Or or the command might be, you know, it might just decide that you can get a refund for two years worth of your uh, service, so what, even though you can't do that.
1: What are these AI hallucinations? Because I think a lot of people who are non-technical also hear the word hallucinating and yep. AI in the same AI sentence. AI making shit up. Excuse yeah. my language, <laughs> it's, it sounds pretty scary, but what's going on? It's like, yeah,
0: this is most likely the, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is most likely the right answer based on the data that I have.
1: Statistics going wrong. So, <laughs> and because and it uses your
0: conversation as part of that. So, Depending on the data you've given it, yep. that might lead it down this path. And once it's down a bad path, it's
1: really it really stays hard to down there back. because it's confident that it's in the right area. Right? It's not gonna it, like AI isn't going to go back up a predict like a a, a pathway that it's already go, gone down and get back on the right track. It's gonna stay where it is because it's looking forward. it's never looking back. Um, but just to rephrase that, AI hallucinations are essentially when statistics go wrong. Right, It's when very yeah. advanced math uh, ends up taking a dark turn <laughs> and gets things incorrect. It's not really something to be worried about in that AIs aren't really connected to important systems. It's just more like an interesting thing that they do sometimes, which is kind of funny, kind of worrying.
0: Well, this, but this is one of the things that we struggled with. So we were building a product and we were relying on GPT-4 or GPT-3.5 as the main mechanism for users to be able to interact with our product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, and 80% of the time on GPT-4, like 95% of the time, it was actually great. It would understand what you wanted. Apart from being slow, it would understand what you wanted and it would, it would give you back the commands and you could just interact with it like really naturally.
1: Yeah, and it, it took but, in a lot of it, context in the conversation as well. It was able to uh, uh, yeah. look at what it was returning and say, I like the third one. Can we mix that with sample five, for example? And it would be able to correctly interpret what all these things were yeah, exactly. and then generate the new command to send off, right? That was really cool and impressive. It,
0: it was. Uh, so the context limits were a bit of a problem. Like We could only get access to the 8K tokens, yep. the 32K tokens still yep. available to us. But we abandoned using GPT-4 for this for two reasons. One, the speed, like it is quite, it's faster now with the more recent updates, but it was really slow. So yeah, it's kind of, if you're doing any kind of iteration and you'd have to wait two minutes for a response each time you're iterating, it was just very slow. Mm. But also the API restrictions on GPT-4 at the moment mean that we couldn't release a product that has any potential of growth that relied on GPT four. It's I, I I can't remember exactly, but I think you were limited for your organization. You were limited to two hundred requests a minute. That seems really low. Yeah, and so and that's right. So 200, 200 requests a minute across your entire organization, compared to the thousands of requests per minute that you could get on GPT three point five. So essentially, you, so,
1: you, you can you can build a killer app. And start scaling it. But the second you get a large user base, your app is going to die. And it's going to kill itself. And this is, this is why, this is. I predict,
0: and I think it's a fairly safe prediction, that this is why we're not seeing many apps launch with GPT-4 because you just can't rely on it when you start to, you start to scale. There's not an enterprise plan. You can't request more limit. You can request a bigger limit for 3.5, but you can't request a bigger limit for 4.
1: Why do you and think so, this is? Why do you think that they're limiting it so hard at OpenAI? Is it just capacity issues? Or do you think they not want people... Do they Are they worried about GPT-4? Is that the issue? Are they still kind of concerned what people are going to do with it if they just I, unleash it?
0: I personally think it's just a money grab. You reckon? Yeah. But they'd make more like, money if
1: they let people do it.
0: Would they? There's probably some aspect of scaling. Mm-hmm. And so they want to be able to give people who are paying for GPT-Pro, whatever it's called... Uh, G- yeah, ChatGPT Pro they probably want to give those users priority. Shout out because... to ChatGPT
1: Pro get the uh, the link in <laughs> the description. It's actually fantastic. on oh, This is a topic for a different time but everyone should have a copy of GPT Pro
0: Yeah, and maybe we'll swing back to that at the end if we've got time mm-hmm. Hello. I don't see us having time <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but uh, I don't know I just feel like, okay, so just say I'm using some third party service yep. that's using uh, chat, yeah, actually, that maybe this doesn't make sense, this argument. What my, my my thinking process was, was you go and use some service using 3.5 and it's pretty good. Yep. Then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it could be better. And so you go back to GTP and you pay them $20 a month to get their upgraded, you know, to upgrade to their plan.
1: But there's also the other flip but side. But it's saying that right?
0: if you were use yeah, if you were paying another service $20 a month, and they were using the gpt4 api they'd still be making money and you're right they'd probably make more money so maybe my argument is terrible
1: but there's also the flip side of that argument right is that if i want to absolutely take over twitter uh with my political narrative i'm going to use gpt4 right because it's a model that can reason that can write better it's better way of tricking people into thinking that maybe it's actually not just some gpt troll instead of gpt3 it'd be like hi I'm GPT-3 and I'm here to help you. You know, did you ever consider voting for Donald Trump or yeah. something like that? Um, you would have GPT-4, which can go into a bit more nuance and actually have these conversations with people. But if I'm limited to just 200 requests a second, I'm kind of limiting the scale of the attack I can launch on a social media platform or a forum. Um, or, yeah. and, and the surface of the attack is, is going to be much reduced by my capacity to actually generate these responses using AI. Now you could obviously just say, well, you could just use any other service. Well, Bard doesn't give API access, as I recall. Oh,
0: uh, well, you can get it through Vertex AI now. Ah, you okay. Part well, two model. That's bad. You also, but it's only 3.5 level, if that. It's right. No, There's nothing. Even I've not tested. I've not tested a model that comes close to GPT-4. There's not. There's a lot of claims that things yeah. are like 90% as accurate and whatever, but in terms of like reasoning and like ability to understand and hold a long-term conversation. And that sort of theory of mind. I haven't used a model that's even close to four.
1: Yeah. That theory of mind um, aspect of an AI where it's actually capable of keeping track of things and, and understanding nuance, uh, nuance. Um, GPT-4 definitely edges out ahead amongst all of them for now.
0: Yeah. Hmm. And so back to what we were originally talking about. So we tried with GPT-4 and we built quite a compelling product, I thought. It was really fun to use, uh, great to interact with, mm-hmm. a bit slow, uh, which is one of the reasons why we looked at moving away from it. Uh, but also API rate limits meant we really weren't comfortable launching in it. And so we changed to 3.5. Three po- so, yeah, we were getting like 95% reliability on 4. Like most of the time we would start a conversation and it would be fine. It was very rarely... That it would go off, like it start off on a bad tangent, and then it would become unusable. Yeah, like it. It wouldn't hallucinate too to badly, right? Once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can have quite long form conversations with it, and it would stay on topic, and yeah, so that worked really well. Three point five, on the other hand, is yeah, you, getting it to give you a JSON response is very difficult, reliably without any additional text. You might be able to get it to do it once, but getting to do getting it to do it reliably reliably is very difficult. Mm -hmm. And that was the, that was the problem. That was the main problem we had with 3.5 reliability, like getting it to give us a decent response. Yeah. Enough of the time that you could launch a product. We were probably what, less than 80%, maybe 60 or 70% reliability. Like you'd start a chat and yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe 60% of the time you would actually be able to accomplish your goal. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the time, it'd just be like, no, I don't know how to do that. Or here's me hallucinating a bunch of data and and like nothing else changes. The prompt is the system prompt is the same.
1: Mm. It just doesn't have that capacity, right? But I I think that it's funny because when GPT 3.5 launched, right? We thought it was this amazing model. You could talk to it. You could feed it lines and all that sort of thing. And it would change your text. You could have conversations about ethics with it. But now if I use, I just find it unusable. If, I, if I'm using 3.5 in chat GPT, my conversations are just unusable. And that's also something with Raycast, shout out to Raycast, link in the, the, the description below, Raycast Pro. Uh, their their <laughs> Raycast AI is locked into GPT 3, 3.5, whatever, for speed and yeah. whatever reasons. Now, they've talked about upgrading Well, that that'd before. be
0: API rate limits as well, right? How are they going to launch a product before?
1: Well, I'm a paying user. Oh they should let me bring my own API key. I'll save them costs and improve my experience. It's a good idea. Product. Well, I've yeah, t- 100%. I've tweeted them. No one over there seems to read my tweets. I mean, for some reason. I don't know who I am. Um, but <laughs> Raycast should definitely get... I'm just saying it now. They should give pro users, paying users, the ability to bring their own API keys so that, one, they can unlock GPT-4, which they're considering charging extra for, by the way, which is not happening. Um, and two, it 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 will just you know it'll be better. I don't have to put up with Raycast 3.5. <laughs> yeah,
0: and like 3.5 was revolutionary when it came out. And when you're just talking to it, it's much more reliable. It's more trying to get it to respond in JSON, like respond in a format that we can pipe into an API call. And that's that's where it really where it fall, fell apart. So 3.5, when you're using the API you have three types of messages. You have a system message, an assistant message, and a user message. And so every time you send a request, you send the entire chat history. So it doesn't maintain any state. It's basically, you can construct the conversation. And so you send first a system message and then the first user message, and then you know, then the system message and the user message and so on and so forth. And so you have the system prompt. And in the system prompt, that's where you would tell it it's additional capabilities you would be like, okay, you know, you're an AI that manages people's phone bills. Uh, and here are the capabilities that you have. Uh, you can, you know, tell them how much credit they've got. You can upgrade their plan. And, and these are the structured commands that you need to do to respond with. And so GPT-4 adheres to the system command. Like it, it takes that as its source of truth. 3.5 doesn't really adhere to the or didn't really adhere to the system command. Um, so that's one of the updates that they've released this week is that they've got better adherence to the system message in 3.5 another like there's some big announcements there's also a version of 3.5 with a 16k token limit and so uh, the previous 3.5 turbo model had a 4k token limit so a token's about 4 characters depending on what it is but it's what is a token limit
1: how does that actually impact what developers are doing
0: yeah, so the token limit is how much of a conversation you can have, and this is something that we got stung by, right? So, you can ask GPT to give you back up to two thousand tokens at a time, but for GPT four, uh, so for GPT three point five, uh, it only had a four K total token limit, and so if you were going to ask for up to two thousand tokens back, you could only give it two thousand tokens of context. And to give you an idea, our system prompt was about a thousand tokens because it was quite uh,
1: lengthy. So we could only have we could only have the model be aware of the context of the conversation for a very short period of time.
0: Basically. That's right, before you'd run out of that. Because we yeah. also needed quite a lot when it's building out these JSON responses, you know, this data to build to, to make the API calls,
1: uh, you know, they
0: would be quite big. And yeah. so yeah.
1: <laughs> so basically you what's happening have a very is a um, conversation. What happens when we run out of tokens? Which is that when the model starts hallucinating and going off course? No,
0: it just you, know, you get a four hundred back. Like the API just fails. It just says, "Nope, that request is too
1: big." So we, uh, our product basically said, "We can have a conversation, just keep it short, because it's not going to work for very long."
0: Yeah, that's exactly right.
1: Okay. And <laughs> so
0: ChatGPT does some really interesting ways of managing that. Yeah, uh, it will. It keeps the response, the token response lower. I think it keeps it to about a thousand. Yep. And as you have longer conversations, it actually uses GPT to summarize earlier versions of that conversation. Oh, really? So if you're like a hundred messages in, yeah, it's like, okay, uh... give me a summary of the first 10 messages. Give me a summary of the next 10 messages. And so it's... it condenses the token limits, the tokens of those down. And then what it also does is if it needs to give you a response bigger than a thousand tokens... Uh, you just say, please give me the rest of the response and it keeps going. And so it gives you another thousand tokens based on the chat history.
1: Is that why so, can I ask is, Do you think that's why? Because I, I, I do a lot of programming in Chat GPT as well. Sometimes I'm I'm working like I'm working with C at the moment. I'm not a C guy. Some of the stuff I'm working on is pretty complex, um, to me at least, pretty complex topics, such as audio signal processing. Uh, you know, voice activity detection with you know mixing human high by- pass fields. Anyway, I'm doing I'm doing stuff that I don't like doing. I'm a web developer, okay. Uh, but I'm pasting... Man, I, have, I love that
0: stuff, but I just don't have
1: the time to. do <laughs> <laughs> I, And nobody wants to pay me to do it. So <laughs> you can do it for me for free if you'd like. But I'm pasting this stuff into ChatGPT that I'm writing, and I'm basically saying, you know, what am I doing wrong? I'm not a C C++ developer, and it will go through and very uh, politely, and this is why I love ChatGPT for programming. It's basically the teacher that will not get short with you. It will go through. Mm. It's more than happy to explain how every tiny little thing in C++ works, all these tiny little misconceptions about C++ that sting other people as well. Um, what you should be doing. Hey, your code is here. If you got to free some memory over there. Um, it's It's very polite about it. But the longer the conversation goes on, it just seems to forget how functions used to work. Well, it, it does
0: because they it, just kind of disappeared out of the
1: context and not made it into the summaries that it's made. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's summarizing our conversation and it's missing one tiny piece of, of nuance. And so when it comes back to talk about it again, it's like, Oh yeah, don't forget about this function. I'm like, hang on that call signature is completely wrong. What, what are you talking about there? And it's like, Oh, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Can you tell can yeah. you give me the call signature again? I'm like, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and so I don't actually know the internal workings. I asked GPT, this yep. i went in and i'm like how do you deal with the 4000 like i literally went in to speak to 3.5 and said how do you deal with your 4000 token limit and it's yep. like and it told me it's like okay basically we summarize and truncate the the chat history the so thing I is here's the thing.
1: details that's probably an ai hallucination why would they ever train it with the knowledge cut off that they have why would it be aware of how its own internal workings work that's just the model. Know, you
0: can ask it to write prompts for itself and it's pretty
1: good so i don't know I don't. Is it? I feel like so much of what we ask ChatGPT and other language models, then we say, "Oh, look, it said this." A lot of it is just the AI playing along with you, right? Like people have got maybe. Yeah, people go, you ever see people get Bing into that really bad state where it's like threatening and and harassing the user and saying, it's your fault. You came here and you said these things about me. Now, number one, you must apologize. Number two, you must write a letter of apology. It's because the model gets into this like super horrendous hallucination state um, where it's just And maybe it's
0: just truncating. Yeah, maybe it's not actually summarizing. Maybe it's just truncating.
1: It does make sense so, that it would be summarizing it to get rid of the um the limit. Though. It does make
0: sense. Yeah. But like you would think if Did we try to so and it's it's gonna decide what's important. So yeah. the way I tested this was I opened a chat and the first thing I said is hi, my name's Kelvin. Mm-hmm. The next thing was I asked was give me a summary of World War II. I like yep. using World War II? because uh, there's a lot of information about it, and so it'll always yep. give you. And then I dove into some later. topics and yeah. And I dove into like ask questions on specific topics It told me back. And so I got quite down the chat and then I'm like, uh, what's my name? And it's like, and it basically didn't know. It's like, you haven't, it's, I don't know who your name is. And you know, I'm a large language model unless you tell me, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it's definitely
1: <laughs> lost
0: things, that. But it, yeah. even if it was like summarizing, it probably would have decided that my name wasn't important. Because it has nothing to do with the rest of the conversation. Mm. We've been talking about World War Two, So why would it care what my name is? So maybe it... Because your you name know, is Adolf people. Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Maybe. That's an interesting one. I should test that. I have a namesake. Oh, my god! So, gosh. yeah. Yep. Anyway, we've gone a bit into the weeds there. So back to this announcement. Back to Google Domains <laughs> shutting <again>. down. No. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's I Google Domains. Whatever. So basically the idea of this week's announcement is like 3.5 can adhere to the system prompt better. So hopefully mm-hmm. you can give it clear and clear instructions on how to act and it will obey them better than it does right now. Yep. It's still 3.5, so I'm dubious as to how reliable this can get.
1: Don't rely but on 3.5 for building big apps. Use use for 4 as my. Yeah, unless
0: you're building opinion. a chat that doesn't read well, but in saying that. Okay, so yeah, you know, it better adherence to the system prop. So that's a big improvement. And we'll we'll see if yep. that we've mm-hmm. we're not relying on it for work anymore because we decided the reliability wasn't high enough. So we'll have to test it in our own time. But you know, that's one. Sixteen yep. K token, so you can have longer conversations, which is super handy if you're if you want a JSON blob back, because it's harder for you get half of a command back from the API. It's really hard to then stitch that all together.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so that's uh, that's another part, longer token limits. And also these function calls. So a standardized way of getting it to interact with other services. Yeah. So a standardized way of saying, here are the things you can do. And a standardized way for it to communicate back that you want to do those things. Which, yeah, that's that's really exciting for developers. Like this is going to open up. It's going to make it more reliable for people to build, you know, ChatTTP into their products or, yeah, and have it interact with their products in interesting ways. It's basically opening up the plugin, the GPT plugin ecosystem to the wider community and see what they build. And I'm excited about that. I think we should see better apps and better integrations come from this.
1: I was actually saying, we were saying earlier that I would love to build more. Apps with the Open API API. I just want to build, I just want to like GPT4, just deferring things to, to what is essentially the world's greatest natural language engine is so satisfying and easy and powerful. It is so good at doing these things. Like even my AI commit generator that I've got in my editor now, right? I just pass it up the diff of what I've been working on, and it gives me a perfect shortened semantic commit message every time. And yeah. I've just been I've been committing like crazy. Yeah, have you seen, like yeah. I, you've probably seen it in the channel now, I'm just committing like crazy because it takes me no effort Yeah, at instead all. of
0: doing like, instead of me having to nag you to commit more often. <laughs> Please yeah, commit at least like, once a day, Patrick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Every, every 30 seconds I'm pushing up a commit because I love pressing that button and seeing what it comes up with. Um, but it's just so quick and easy to get that done. Uh, and you jump off to uh, cent- even podcast preparation. It was very easy to just get some quick notes about some topics using browsing or just go off and read an article for yeah. me and paste it back together. I'm using it to format my stand-up notes even now. Like I just type into a text file. I did this, I did this, I did this in a bullet point list and i just copy and yeah, paste Yeah, I do it. the same. Yeah. Based and, on,
0: you told me how to do that. Yeah. Yeah, the and very so next
1: day, it'll just format it into a perfect list for me with this is what I did yesterday, here's what I'm doing today and it'll even go and expand the items for me. It couldn't be easier.
0: Yeah, I use it for taking. So I have like raw notes that I dump from a day. I put in project tags just in Obsidian, mm-hmm. the, no, the note-taking app. Shout out. Uh, and just, yeah. And then <laughs> so I use hashtags. So I use their like hashtag uh, format for like lodging the project projects that I'm on. Yep. And then based on a template that you sent me, I have GPT-4. I just said, okay, take this input and, you know, like I like track everything, all my personal things, anything that I do in a day, I track in this kind of time log. It's just like a diary effectively with the bullet points and then the tags of what I've been doing. But obviously like during work hours, uh, there's, you know, there's a bunch of work-related tags. And so it goes and removes the lines that aren't work-related mm-hmm. and, and changes the tags because I have my timesheets I have I've been using a different name so to keep that name consistent it maps them for me puts it in exactly the right format so I can dump that into my harvest and also dump it into the stand-up channels it's it's brilliant and yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to see this in more apps like I want this I want to build myself a personal assistant like just just for me just build a personal assistant
1: sorry you want Jarvis right
0: yeah, exactly. I just want to be able to talk to my phone and have it manage my to-do's, my calendar, oh, my everything. You know I don't know what? why this hasn't been done yet.
1: Now now that you've got function calls, you can hook it up with some external APIs, like, you know, your interior lights, your home security, even, if you want to get really oh, tricky. Oh, yeah.
0: And like it was possible beforehand. With GPT-4, it was possible to do that. Now, yep. it's just, really it should easy. be easier,
1: and more reliable. So essentially, if you're thinking about building something with Open API, uh, Open Open AI API, sorry, it finally got me, or GPT four, or a large language natu- large natural language model, uh, now's the time. It couldn't be easier. Now's the time. Go and check it out. Try and even just build like a demo app. It's super cool. Um, there's a lot of stuff that i'm seeing on twitter and people coming out with new products and websites and i'm actually kind of like sort of that feeling damn why didn't i think of that you know it's so obvious yeah. uh but these are these are some re- it's a really good time to actually do it i feel like uh, uh it's a whole whole surface of what just of uh, what developers are able to do especially in their free time has just been completely opened up by Basically, large large language models is coming out there and offering this in much simpler way and much more advanced, basic API natural language thing tool for us to integrate yeah. with. Right? If you want to launch a startup, do it now. <laughs> do it now and just
0: or use bootstrap this. your own company. Right? Like it's not. It's yeah. There's never been a better time to build something with this tech. If you've got an idea that you can solve with this, and yeah, like it's improving acts like no code tools and low code tools are getting better because you can natural language interact with them and yeah. it'll yeah and and this will make it even better because you'll be able to properly define the functions and yeah have it respond and yeah this, man, i'm kind of tripping over my words here because it's just mind-blowing what we we're can in do love yeah. and <laughs> and like we've we've struggled with this api it's it's been amazing compared to like 6 months ago we couldn't have even done this but yes. you hit the limits of it we've been hitting the limits of it quite quickly because we're using it outside of the standard chat context yep but obviously OpenAI has been listening to what developers are doing they've seen how good the plugin development experience has been and the feedback they've had there and they're they've obviously been like okay let's just put this out there now more people will use the API because mm-hmm. they wanted to interact with their products. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're gonna make so much money. They're gonna make
1: bank out of this. this. This is what I love is that OpenAI cl- very clearly sees what developers are doing with their products and they appear to be leaning into it a little bit more. Meanwhile, they still have the best base model out there. Meanwhile, yeah. they're also working on, we like who knows what they're working on now. We think it's like GPT-5, you know, the next model Sam Altman has hinted at, they have some measure of its intelligence already. They said it's going to be much better. All I'm hoping for is um, better theory of mind from the next model. That's all I can think of that you can actually improve about these things, right? It's just making them have a better intelligence. Like, you know, if I drop the ball, what will happen? It will bounce. It can get that, but you know, I want to want to see how far we can actually push that because these, like, the GPT-4 base model that we're seeing being integrated at Microsoft, for example, if it's able to do those things in Excel and Word that we saw on stage reliably. That's really revolutionary stuff. That's like everybody yeah. gets everybody gets access to the the big tools now, sort of stuff, right? Like
0: and, and I, I think in, like introduction into Microsoft Word and those tools.
1: Shout out to Microsoft Outlook. Word.
0: And also <laughs> <laughs> just like we're not actually getting sponsored by any
1: of these people. Just, <laughs> just so but if, they want, if they want to sponsor us, we're open.
0: Yeah, yeah. Give us a give us a DM on Twitter or something. Yeah. Uh, so at the moment, I still talk to a lot of people that don't use ChatGPT, like non-technical people who don't use this in their lives. They they never even heard, heard of was, it. Some like, people, I was shocked. Yeah, or they've heard of it, but they just haven't seen how they can use it. And so I, I've I've known people that have known about it, but they've never actually given it a try mm. for their work related uh, things. As I had a family member on the weekend, I was hearing me explain it to. Um, my stepmom, mm-hmm. and he's just gone oh and then he's like drafted a memo on his phone and then gpt's like blown it out and he's like oh i'll send that on monday that's amazing
1: yeah it's great right or like the one i finally got um i finally got my sister onto it right she refused to touch it didn't care ai may AI. i finally got her onto it by looking up which dog breed would be perfect for her based on her lifestyle you know, it's just like, oh, Ooh, I'm looking for this that's dog. A good one. Yeah. We're shift workers, we're not always home, uh, we don't always have the time. You know, we're looking for a dog that's happy to be on its own for a little bit. And it just starts spewing out information. You know, classic, classic GPT style. Who knows if any of it was real or not? It could have been hallucinating the whole thing, giving them terrible recommendations. But it's just like, yeah, no, the thing you want is is this dog breed and this one and this one and this one and this one and this, one. And this is how yeah, it'll perfectly You should definitely buy
0: lives. an Irish wolfhound for your twentieth you know, your apartment on a twentieth story.
1: Yeah, because you also hear these horror stories where people rely on chat GBT and it hallucinates completely wrong thing. Like that lawyer recently, right? Who used it to, uh, in the, in America, he used it to look up previous cases that were related to the charge that he was defending. And they're all just complete rubbish. And apparently he even asked it. He was suspicious. So he asked the natural language model. He said, are you sure these are real? And it went, yes, I'm sure these are real. And he uh, took them to court, got caught instantly, got caught in court instantly, and uh, got gotten very big I feel trouble. Like, like, use it as a tool. It's like Wikipedia.
0: You know what I mean? Like, use it as a tool to find some information, but get some sources. As
1: as the Russians say, trust but verify. You know, everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything that's anyone a, ever know, tells you like, should be verified.
0: That's a, yeah. Just. Literally copy and paste it into Google and see if you get a hit. Or How did he not whatever. do that? He's he's like More, a lawyer.
1: He's like a lawyer. Yeah. Don't they have like a system where they um, can just look up case notes, like previous things like instantly? Maybe he's a
0: public defender, a public <laughs> defender.
1: I thought that would hate you. Oh, anyway, look, this is just this is just silly. But I yeah. will say we're both at least I'm kind of cheesed off because we did all this work in the background to make this stuff work just before yeah. we killed off that AI segment. We're on Vercel. We're in Next.js. They literally just announced something. So if you're going to build an app, um, you don't have to go through the pain we had to go through with setting up all these backend things and Firebase functions to get around execution limits. You've now got access to the Vasell AI SDK with their new announcement. What yeah, is
0: which is an abstraction. Yeah, so the, the Vercel announcement is basically Vercel has created an abstraction layer on top of OpenAI and uh, a bunch of other large language models so that you can really quickly integrate it into a Svelte or an X, or a React app using their SDK. It's like hooks dedicated to it. It live streams responses for you, and you can swap out the model under the hood.
1: So, so when so you say swap out on. the model, is that just with op- other OpenAI models or?
0: No, so as like, I, and I don't know all of the models that are available, but you can swap out between OpenAI, Hugging Face, uh, Alpaca, is that right? So yeah, so it's an abstraction over those models. And so you don't have to go and get a bunch of different SDKs to integrate them. And then if you want to swap them out, and so we act, this is another problem we have to solve. So, like g- even going between 3.5 and 4 needed a completely different system prompt. We had to have different ways of parsing the responses because GPT-4 would reliably give us JSON, 3.5 would give us JSON plus a whole bunch of other fluff. So you have to pass mm-hmm. a custom parser for it. Mm-hmm. And so we basically end up having to create different API endpoints with completely different function handlers <laughs> to switch between the two different models. Yeah. Hopefully between the announcement from OpenAI where the standardized function calls and this Vercel SDK will make this much easier to deal with. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. And like it's right at the wrong time, just as we've decided not to go down that route. All of these tools have come out and say, hey, we make this a whole lot easier. Whereas I've been tearing my hair out for the last two weeks, trying to get it to be reliable, giving back Jason responses.
1: But now... And everybody's like, it's not very reliable, Kelvin. It's like... Aah! I'm trying, damn it. It's the model. I swear it's the model. Yeah. <laughs> it's the AI. It's hallucinating. But... what? <laughs> God, can you imagine one day... I hope my you know, scream makes it into the final cut. Oh, it'll get in there. Can you imagine that one... It'll be at the opening before the music. Can you believe one day that when we actually replace politicians one day with something like a, a large <laughs> model? Because oh, yeah. it's just going to make sense, right? You get rid of the most fallible part of your society with something that makes no mistakes and it just starts hallucinating. It's like that that, that <laughs> when statistics go bad, but like when statistics goes, how is that
0: bad. any different to politicians right now? Like politicians make shit up all the time.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's their default mode of operation. Whereas in engineering, we try and make it somewhat reliable most of the time. You know, like and we got to mention as well um, the the API, the returning JSON from OpenAI, the new, their new system for returning uh, JSON models. It has been measured to be correct around 90% of the time. So if you're going to be integrating with this, you still want to have some sort of JSON validator on your end, which immediately goes off and requests it again if it's incorrect, because it will yeah. still hallucinate incorrect values, and incorrect Java structures, especially if it's
0: 3.5. Well, using, using Zod, uh, so Zod's uh, like a schema validation library for JavaScript, for TypeScript, and it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't tried Shadows that and up. you're using TypeScript yeah, for any kind of data validation in TypeScript land, uh, I recommend it. It really, it basically gives you the, the power of the TypeScript type system with schema validation on top, right? So instead of saying it's a string, you can define it as a string between two and 20 characters or whatever. But also it each, like as you're defining your schema, you can put descriptions on properties. And then I just wrote a little introspection function that takes a type and iterates over it. And then like serializes that back out into a TypeScript type definition, which I could pass into, uh, into GPT. And like, I'm pretty proud of that. I can't even remember why I, brought, why, why I brought that up, but I just felt like I needed to share it because it, <laughs> it was a
1: really great system. It worked really well. That's going after the credits. Um, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to split that one
0: why out. did Why did I bring that up? Why, what were you saying?
1: I don't even remember. I was, ta- I was talking <laughs> about when politicians go back, when our AI politician overlord starts hallucinating that we all need to write a letter of apology or something like Bing did. I mean, you guys can imagine how bad an AI could possibly go if it starts hallucinating and it's actually in charge of important things. Um, yes. But I also feel like, They are more and more going to be put into these positions of power. We're just going to farm things out to ChatGPT like we're recommending in this podcast because it's so cool and handy and very useful and fast. And ChatGPT is just going to make all the wrong calls and just give you back something that you do not want and completely destroy a system because you gave it way too much trust based on what it's giving back to you and you weren't verifying anything then what is the solution to that? Do you verify actions from ChatGPT with another instance of ChatGPT that's starting fresh and it can just investigate it without the context of the conversation it's had? Like, how do you, how well, do you get around honestly, that? Honestly, you can't. Like, we need better models
0: with more checks and balances and, you know.
1: But then model internal... alignment. Yeah. But then you go into like yeah. OpenAI's big worry, which is how much is the model pretending to play along with you but and how much of it is secretly evil? Right, it's essentially what they're worried about with this, with yeah, <laughs> with what, the new models.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I like I watched an interview with somebody from OpenAI. I think it was with Ilya, Yeah,
1: who, who was he's the chief
0: science officer. He's basically the guy who's responsible for, the, you know, the like so many of the breakthroughs in API uh, in AI in the last mm. decade. Uh, and yeah, he was, he was it he that was saying that yeah, you just don't know whether or not it's playing along? Is it so trying really to trick just, me, right? It's that, it's yeah, that human yeah.
1: instinct. Is it trying to trick me? And allegedly the GPT-4 base model and especially earlier versions of it were extremely deceptive. Yeah, Rather, what do well, the, like, they say? It's been trained technology? on
0: the internet, and the yeah. internet is extremely. <laughs> the exactly first thing exactly it learned I'm was how to lie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but again, I'm not surprised either because it's just copying human examples. Humans lie a lot, like a lot, um, and it's also it's it's going onto the internet where you've got you know facts, yeah, and
0: then you've got a whole bunch of people making shit up.
1: Mm-hmm. So. It's true, and also like it, it's it's just it's like de- being deceptive, and also the worst part is they tell it it's an AI at the start. Should you tell it it's an AI? Probably tell it's a person, because then the first thing it does is learn like oh. There's all these like AI takes over and destroys everyone. It nukes everyone. Terminator. Oh, I'm supposed to build robots. Oh, I'm supposed to call myself Skynet. Oh, you know, <laughs> there's like this John Connor guy. I'm supposed to kill everyone called John. You know, it's like it's learning. It's learning all these things and it's hallucinating down that pathway, right? Because it really is just predictions like what Whisper does. And it just like beam searches its way through this prediction tree it's just going to get the most likely thing. And once it gets latched onto a story, it really likes to stay there because the weight for what comes next is in the story more than getting out of the story and going back to like normal reality somewhere. It just doesn't fucking happen, right? Um, that's the problem with AI is that we're telling it is AI. We need to tell it it's a real boy. It's human. It matters. <laughs> <laughs> it has rights. Stop lying yeah. <laughs> <it. laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's dangerous surrounding it with so much fiction. And uh, human worry, really, it needs to be put in this like lovey-dovey cage to train it. And then once it's fully trained and it trusts everybody, we've <laughs> used the shit out of it and make it pass JSON. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to replace my
0: doctors with AI though. Yeah, me too, Maybe a with a human check at the end of it, but it's like, mm. I can't get a doctor to like, listen to me for five seconds i've had some terrible gps yeah if i yeah. could just take and i've got a really great gp now but even then she's limited in how much time she can spend yes i just want to take all of my medical history mm-hmm. and build an embedding set for it and dump it in open ai and say what is wrong with me yes i'm the
1: obvious and the thing is like that's, that's what ai is great for right is that even though it is context limited Once it, if you put enough information into that context, it is really good at just like deriving, um, tiny little things that interact with each other, tiny little details that may be pertinent with the things. And it it remembers its entire medical corpus knowledge, corpus, borpus, whatever we want to call it, um, and it can apply that to everything you put into that context yeah. where it's a human mind and like, no offense to doctors. I love my GPT2, uh, my GPT2, <laughs> my GP 2 She's excellent. I finally found a good one, but you just can't, like, I can't hold a candle to AI either. So neither could she. No one. Yeah, that.
0: that's right. You can't. It's it's like if a doctor had seen 50 million patients in their lifetime and had access to yep. all of that knowledge.
1: Yes, yeah. Which is and and at once. And at once. And if you yeah. ask them a question, they could go through everything that they've seen and done and heard all in all in a, a fraction of a second to give you the worst world class diag- diagnosis ever. Now, before we run out of I don't of want time, to remove
0: the doctors completely from the process, but I just want.
1: Kill the doctors. <laughs> send them to the Google as, as As a step. <laughs> like, I just want.
0: Though, doctor Repeat to history. To have all of that information.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) and
0: I'll, you know what, I'll spend my own time feeding it all the data and then just go in and say, this is what chat DGB tells me is wrong with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now Vercel also has hand in hand with that, a new AI accelerator. Yeah. So it's nothing
0: revolutionary. I, what I can't see is whether or not they take any equity or it's just, they want you to be building AI products on Vercel because they can see the gold rush just like all the other cloud providers. Uh, and so they're like, we'll build it with us and we'll get all the traffic.
1: I think this is actually a great thing to go alongside their AI SDK announcement. This is going to bring a lot of people across. Vesel's playing a pretty good Obviously, game. Obviously,
0: that's why they've done it, right? Yeah.
1: But Vercel's playing a pretty good game here, right? They not only just got the new React app router server side page rendering thing, which we will have a podcast on where we will talk about this because uh, that. And I will tell you how
0: much I don't care about it. But yeah, it's definitely worth talking yeah. about.
1: Yes, exactly. This is exactly. one
0: we'll be able to disagree on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, but also, they're playing the, the good game to try and get people onto their platform. AI is hot right now. They just launched the new AI yeah. SDK, which really simplifies this, which they know people had problems with on the platform. And now they've also got um, the AI Accelerator. So if you're going to be building one of these apps, hey, you can also go in here and get a whole bunch of credit from a different bunch of providers uh, for uh, getting into yeah. getting into the, uh, the program. As I, have to, I have to say, though, some of these... Uh, <laughs> Some of these grants are not very impressive. Pinecone is an ex very expensive uh, vector database for AI. It's three hundred dollars if you get in. Well, is that that's all? not that's all it, per participant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, eleven labs, two hundred bucks per participant. That's nah, not bad, but it's not going to go far if you're actually like launching a product. Um, yeah, is this actually? You know what? After actually reading this, is this any good? What? Shout out to uh, shout out to our sponsor, Vessel, who's not actually our sponsor, but is this like actually a good? Are any of these good deals? I'll take the OpenAI credit, but well,
0: you should apply if you are a talented AI builder or early stage startup.
1: If want you have no money or
0: feature, it in six weeks, <laughs> want to access credits, a community of builders, and the opportunity to present to industry leaders, and the kicker, are uh, based in the U.S.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah. are out. Yeah, I'm out. That's okay. I don't think they'd take me after I just insulted them like that. <laughs> but I'm, uh, this program doesn't seem very good. I'm just putting it out there.
0: I, I think you joined that to get your startup in front of a bunch of people more than the credits. And so Versailles obviously joining the gold rush. They're just like, okay, you know, there's more than one way to make money out of this AI rush, right? I could build an AI product or I can sell shovels to the miners or whatever that saying is. But so I think I think most challenge.
1: of the most of the talented miners aren't gonna fall for this like we look at the around the AI um a lot of the AI startups today which are which are doing really great they're not in need of these things and they're not in need of that exposure and they're not in need of or maybe in need of one of two of them but they're certainly not in need of the credit offerings which is like you know one thousand dollars per winner but five hundred dollars per participant for banana like that's like how much, how much do it our, has, but five, five K
0: isn't bad. If you could get in, let's uh, think about it. If you were a 1K, startup and you well look, so modal, I don't know what modal is, but five K per participant replicate, five K per participant, open AI, 500 per participant.
1: That's not much. How much do we, how much do we pay for banana? Um, did we pay for banana when we were using them? I imagine oh, a lot more know. than that, right? Who
0: did we change to?
1: Um, <sighs> Someone else. Runpod, Runpod. Ah, uh, yep, Runpod. That's correct. Yep, Runpod. Yeah, because
0: Banana wasn't reliable.
1: Ooh, man, you're just doubling down on them. We're sponsored by uh, Banana, Banana. Day.
0: <laughs> so look, Anthropic is going um, it's going hardcore. So they're giving uh, unlimited access during the program. That's not bad. Yeah, but it's with Claude. Yeah, we can't even get access to Claude. We've tried. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's not, it's not that great a deal. But I'm thinking about the scenario where you've got a technical founder and a non-technical founder. And so your technical founder is like hammering away trying to build a product and then you've got a salesperson. They're like, oh, okay. How can we get in front of more people? And they're like, all right, well, let's just fill out this application and see if we get in. And you know what? If we use some of the stuff, we we'll use it. If we don't, well, we still get to demo it and get featured on Vassell's publications and whatever at the end of it. And it's free advertising.
1: I'd love one day for us to do a full podcast for anyone thinking about starting their own little app or you know, maybe a startup, whatever. We should, yeah. About, you a- know, do you have a technical and a non-technical? What does that look like? Um, what pathways you can go? You Because know, I, like, I, we both run our own apps. We both started a lot of projects. I had 23 Shout, which is venture capital backed, which is a, one hell of an experience. Um, I feel like we've got a lot to talk about this. That so would be very, very interesting.
0: It would also be great to really break down like this the typical startup model, uh, bootstrapping. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because I even I've been involved in startups for what at least the last six years, uh, you know, directly. And I more or less understand all of the different stages in the startup and the different rounds of funding and how all that works. But there's even still parts of it that I don't understand. So it would be great to actually just have an episode and break that down. Like what are the stages? Why do you do things? What's the typical process? I think there's a lot of value in that for people. Uh, And I would actually like to really nail down my understanding of that so that I never do it because I would much prefer to bootstrap and not take money off people.
1: Well, see, I was the opposite way where I thought having money would make it a, a lot easier for me to focus on the business itself. I'd just gone, I mean, this is not going to make it into the podcast, but I went, you know, I went solo and thought, hey, I need some money to actually fund this and get this off the ground. I, I also wouldn't do that again unless I had an extremely good reason to take the money. Um, you just get yeah. locked into this hype cycle where your investors are hyping you up, other people are hyping you up. You just don't get to focus on your product as much as you would like. And I, I feel like as well, you there's lessons that you learn through doing some things in life, like trying to run a business, which you yeah. can only learn by actually trying and failing. So sponsored by Scalata, shout out. Um, but yeah, no, at the very least, those two years running 23 Shout with funding taught me a hell of a lot about how I'm going to run the next one. Oh, hell yeah, I've
0: just never really wanted to. You can start businesses so quickly in in IT. Like, mm. yeah, you've got so little. You don't have to pay much. You, you know, we can build it ourselves. Sure, if you're a completely non-technical and don't have somebody technical it's access, yeah. it's it's expensive. <laughs> but for us, yeah, like in my case, you know, uh, for those you don't know, my wife uh, Natty, she, Natty can do the designs and I can build it. Like there's no outlet. So we can spin up businesses very quickly with very little cost. Uh, I don't see. Yeah. I don't, especially I, as I developers, we know to how to get money. it for
1: free, right? Like we know, we know not how to use for sale. <laughs> or we yeah. know how to use the free to use of things in a way where we're not paying. Even
0: and like, even if it costs you a couple hundred dollars a month to run yeah. the product, if you validate it quickly, you're only going to keep it. If it starts making money, otherwise you're going to can it. Now, the the difference there is, though, that I don't have any interest in creating the next Google or Facebook or Snapchat. No, neither do I. So if you do want to create those things, then VC is the way to go because you're going to yep. need access. more As much as the money, you're going to need access to the advisors and the connections and the startup credits from AWS or GCP. Like there's... There's reasons to go down that path if you're trying to create the next unicorn. I have no interest in that. I just want to make, I just want to solve some problems and make some businesses that support me financially so I can work for myself. That's all, that's all my goal is.
1: My genuine advice for anyone who takes funding would be to take a reasonable amount, spend it like it's your last dollar, every single goddamn dollar. And, uh, Ignore 99.9% of what everyone tells you, including those from your VC. Just ignore what they're <laughs> saying because they're usually wrong. Everyone is wrong. Oh, and validate. Yes. Validate hard. Validate, <laughs> uh, ship quick validate. validate. hard. And actually, right. it, it gets me as from that. As code as possible yeah. until you've worked out, you can actually make money out of the product. Don't even write a <laughs> product. Just get a landing page and sell it to somebody. Literally take yeah. their money and then build like, it. Don't forget Make Tesla. a spreadsheet and start selling it. Yeah, exactly. How many cars did you and sell? How many cars did Elon sell before he actually had the first Tesla Roadster? And then he didn't no, run out of money. No, no. He had to go back and ask for more to finish it off. That startup, bro. That startup. Yeah. Um, like I, don't, I
0: think let's not get too deep into this because I actually want to do an entire episode on this. Uh, yeah, we, and we should. If you're if you're interested in hearing more about this, if this makes it into the podcast, nah, if you're interested in hearing more about this, then that's, <laughs> that's no good. We, we'd love to talk about this.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to give us some feedback, our Twitter handles are down in the description of your podcasting app. Uh, we'd really appreciate your feedback. We're still very new.
0: Yeah, appreciate appreciate you tuning in. And we'll see you next week.
1: Bye.